0: Welcome to If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me, also known as Spike and Angel's name are William. This is a weekly podcast-ish about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. This week's episode is Season 2, Episode 9, What's My Line, Part 1. We're going to be talking about characters, we're going to be talking about plot, and we're also going to be talking about cryptography. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, and after it, and possibly other shows, and probably the comics. Put this together. Oh, yeah. Our podcast is better than getting your throat slashed by a ice skating team. So keep on listening. That
1: is a low bar. That's really not <laughs> a very good endorsement. Good so enough. have to die or listen to this. Okay.
0: Hey, everybody, we're back. We're here to talk about season two, episode nine. What's My Line, part one? My name is Kelly. I'm here with my wonderful co host, Dave, She'll say hello. What's My Line? Dave, say hello. <laughs>
1: What's my line? Uh,
0: okay. It's hello. I said hello to both of you, but, oh my goodness gracious. Hi. What's my line, part one, written by Howard Gordon and Marty Noxon. This is the only episode for Howard Gordon, but Marty Noxon writes a couple of, or two episodes. 23 in total.
1: Okay. I was like two, <laughs> two were really doing that? Uh,
0: a lot of which are fan favorites. Uh, I Only Have Eyes for You is one of my favorites. The Wish and she wrote and directed Forever, which is a fantastic episode.
1: She also wrote and directed a
0: lot of terrible episodes. True. What's Forever? It's the one after The Body. I love it. Which is a really underrated episode, I and it's agree. actually really great. Um, it's like the first time we have a real moment between Buffy and Dawn. Uh-huh. And it's directed by David Solomon, who directed a total of 19 episodes for the show. I couldn't find a nice little list of all the ones that he did, but I think they're primarily in season 7.
1: We reference King Solomon in this episode. Maybe they're related.
0: Ooh, Maybe. This episode originally aired on November 17th, 1997, so to put us in the mood, set the stage, let's get these robots in here to tell us what was going on this week in 1997.
2: Thank you, Kelly, Stasia, Delbert. Brace yourselves for impact. Here's This Week in 1997. On the 11th, telecom giants and 2017 unknowns WorldCom and MCI Communications announced the $37 billion merger to form MCI WorldCom, the largest merger in U.S. history. They'd be bought by Verizon in 2003. On the 12th, Mary McAleese was elected as 8th President of Ireland, succeeding Mary Robinson, the first succession of one woman head of state for another. It'll be nice when we live in a world where these factoids aren't important to an election. And on the 13th, Ramsey Youssef was found guilty of masterminding the 1993 World Trade Center bombing that happened on February 26, 1993. The plan was for the bomb to explode in the North Tower and fall onto the South. It failed but six died and a thousand were injured. It's hard to transition from that, knowing what we know about the World Trade Center, 9-11 and the War on Terror, but Royston is in Iraq in 1997. Royston.
3: Karen, thank you. Iraq remains defiant in the face of the United Nations condemnation. On the 14th, Baghdad expelled the American inspectors. The UN team also pulled out. President Clinton said the move is unacceptable and a challenge to the international community. I'm feeling a little exposed and overwhelmed.
2: Okay Royston, from Iraq everyone. Lucius, let's talk tech.
3: Thanks Karen. Web TV ads were angering websites. This needs a little explanation because you'd think we'd need to get Eleonora for no shit from 2017. Lucius, you say? Ads are a scourge of the internet. Did we have a chance to change the trajectory of our online selves in 1997? Haha. <laughs> of course we didn't. We never do. Web TV was a way to surf the web on your TV, which sounds terrible, but they'd run extra ads over the ads you'd already get. Truly, 1997 was a hellscape. At least now we have easy to use ad blockers and we use the internet from our magic pocket computers. In war news, The browser rivalry intensifies. Netscape, the clear winners of the browser wars of the early 1990s, led the market in the third quarter of 1997 with 57% of sales. Microsoft's Forgotten Internet Explorer has made strides, doubling in nine months to 39%. At the end of 1996, Netscape controlled 73% of the market. Golden sunsets and mountains made of ice cream on the horizon for Netscape.
2: Can you imagine a world where Internet Explorer won the browser war? What kind of God would allow that? Patty, let's close this shiznit. This week in 1997 was Cool Beans. Let me heat those beans up and show you. Lisa Loeb is a firecracker. Barbara Streisand took the higher ground from the unpredictable mystical. Bad Brains took refuge in the Omega Sessions from 1980. AF I begged you to shut your mouth and open your eyes while no FX bid so long and thanks for all the shoes. Looking over all of this, hate breed found satisfaction in The Death of Desire. In movie news, The Little Mermaid was re-released. That's sad when that's the most acclaimed of the week. The Jackal starring Bruce Willis and Richard Gere sucked and has a fat 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Man Who Knew Too Little was Middling, starred Bill Murray and was a parody of Hitchcock and a remake. So there's that. Peace out. Peace indeed. Robots out.
0: Thanks, Robots. I feel like I was there, because I was there, just not me now, me from the past. That's right. So what did you guys think about this episode before we talk about the plot? I,
1: I liked it. I, I, it's, it was fine. Good. As a whole, I remember part one and part two together, but if we're just taking part one as it is, it's, a, it's not as good.
0: It's an okay episode. Okay. Well, what happened in this episode? Career day slash aptitude test day uh, turns into an existential crisis for some, and general feelings of apathy for others, also weird, scary potential futures for some of us, Willow. Uh, a new, fun assassin group is in town, the Order of Taraka, and they're here to party with ice skates, apparently, but not really. Uh, Buffy really likes ice skating, we just found out. She goes on a secret date with Angel. That's only important because a big, scary dude, part of said assassin group, is here. And she cuts her throat open, which is great. Uh, and somehow we turn that into Buffy definitely can't handle this Order of Taraka. They're really, really menacing. Even though she seamlessly kills one, but that's totally fine. The whole reason this is even happening is because Spike is trying to find a way to cure Drusilla. He has to do this by opening a crypt called Duloc something or other, which I'm pretty sure is the town in Trek. but that's not important because he finds the thing, or rather vampire version of Giles, which is worse at Giles's job than Giles' is, finds a way to read this Kodak thing that they stole a couple episodes ago in School Heart, I think. So they get the thing from Duloc, they decrypt the message, things are going to go really poorly. Also, one of these assassins is coming through at a cargo hold of an airplane, we think, but oh, Joe K turns out, oh, it's Kendra the Slayer! Bur, 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 bur.
3: Here comes a new challenger!
0: She wasn't an assassin at all. She's a, a slayer. Can you believe it? So Kendra ties up Angel, and by ties up, I mean holds in the convenient cage that Willie has at Willie's Place. Hey, did you know about Willie's Place? It's here. Here it is. It's Willie's Place. And Angel's definitely going to turn into dust by the sun because Kendra believes that he's a vampire, rightly, because he's, she saw him making out with it, with Buffy on the ice and with his little vamp face. So that's where we leave the episode. Kendra and Buffy are fighting. We find out Kendra's a slayer. Angel is destined for certain peril via the sun. And uh, also there are assassins. One of them might be a bug person, but we don't know yet. We just get to know his name is Fister. It isn't really that all that matters, that his name is Fister.
3: A two-night event begins with a special Monday, Buffy. I need to bring in the big guns. they will take care of her once and for all. Demon bounty hunters have been summoned. These
2: assassins, why are they after me?
3: They could be anywhere. They could be anyone. They find a target and they eliminate it. And the Slayer never knows when they'll strike next. Buffy! A Buffy the Vampire Slayer two-night event.
0: What do we think? What do you think about... Kendra being the Slater. What do you think about Oz saying his first word to Willow? What is know, the word? Oh, God. What's Oz's first word to Willow? Canopy? That's Canope, right.
1: Yeah.
0: Isn't that great?
1: Uh, it was the greatest. I, I was dying. <laughs> I thought um, originally when they walked into the thing that the two, I thought they were FBI agents. So I was like, this is getting weird. I don't remember anything I about did this. Too. I thought, I didn't know that Oz was already going to be sitting on the couch so they were like we have somebody else or there's only one other person that did it and then they like opened up the thing and i was like oh there's no one there and then they left i was like what the fuck is happening oh it's i awesome. behind already here why didn't you see him when she walked in anyways loved it <laughs> loved it i can't wait for them to like talk more
0: have an actual conversation and not just say the word canopy to each other yeah. i thought it was fbi too because like what software company is like we need to be so discreet and alarming and have like Send out this envoy Google? to a fucking high school. Apple? <laughs> well, it wouldn't be Google at the time, but yeah, Apple could But do, also,
1: right? they would just have a booth like everyone else. What's up with like taking yeah, off an entire enclave of this? It's like <laughs> behind black curtains with shrimp like, and shit. Get out of here.
0: You abducted by suited people and taken into a room with curtains and canapes? What? I know, right? It, Does no. that happen? What?
1: <laughs> <Just if laughs> what did you you say? were abducted by <laughs> <Yeah>. suited people. <laughs>
0: It was I? Yeah. Why would I be? Well, that's what I'm saying. Why I'm would anyone smart, be? I'm not like Willow. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you we're all smart, you yeah. or no or anyone you've loved has ever been abducted by suited people and taken to a special room with canopies. We can't talk about that. <laughs> all right, it's true. So maybe this does happen, but nevertheless, what else happened in this episode? Yeah, this, Ice was, a,
1: this was a crazy episode. It was, uh, you know, obviously, it's characters are friends dealing with fate dealing with their futures and what they see for themselves. And it's kind of great for us because we know what their futures are. We know that Buffy is destined to save the world and die and Again. continue onward and do her thing. And then we know that like, Xander is going to have a rough time just making it through life. Willow's going to not really take this route. She's going to go in a lot of different directions, too. I mean, that's the whole thing. Life is not really planned.
4: Although maybe Buffy really should have been a police officer.
0: In the season nine comics, I believe. Buffy is working for the San Francisco police, and yeah. uh, Willow is some kind of software person.
1: Being a Slayer is a full-time job.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, Angel really. has the best. <laughs> yeah, Angel's <laughs> the job. And, and really, Buffy could have done that, too. That's, that's it. it. Buffy that that too. Too. Yeah, yeah, could yeah, do have done she that, she too. that, too. would have been fine, too. She could do that, too, if she wanted to. Yeah, and Jessica Jones, like, that's her whole thing. Like, that She's makes sense. Eye, yeah. Just be a private eye. Yeah. But in the end, Buffy's going
1: to hustle. She's going to do her thing. She's going to be fine. That part is not really that. I don't want to, I don't want Buffy to, like, have to struggle to survive and, like, I got to go to work and then I got to go. Like, you already did the school thing. I'm over. She gets to be a I think the point no is that she didn't have a future and then, like, at the end with Kendra it's she like. She has one maybe. She has one. It's like, oh, well, you can just be my, you can just be me. Yeah. You're Kendra the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. That means I'm just Buffy at Summers again. Cool. Maybe I can go live my own life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that was effective. I like that a lot.
2: I've been cranking this all day. It's not you. What is it, then? It's nothing. I, we're having this thing at school. Career week? How did you know? I lurk. Right. Well, then you know it's a whole week of what's my line, only... I don't get to play.
3: I don't
1: know much about Kendra. I liked the whole intro. I like fighting, um... Angel, yeah. That was really. Just trying to watch it where I don't know who that is. It's cool. Like, oh my God. This person came out of nowhere.
4: Kendra throws into relief how what Buffy is doing is not what a a traditional vampire slayer should be doing. Like, she's dating a vampire. She has all these unorthodox methods. And that's why eventually she, like, clashes with the council and it doesn't work because she doesn't do what Kendra does. She doesn't do what the Slayer before Buffy does, and, like, the difference is Buffy, like, dies but comes back, but, like, she doesn't die, like, she continues to fight and keep going, whereas Kendra has a very short tenure as Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's following the books, she doesn't have all the resources
0: that Buffy has. That's
1: what I mean, her being a cop, she would be, she would be off the books.
0: Well, that she makes would sense why, um, fired. Kendra would immediately think that Buffy's, something's bad has happened. Mm-hmm. There's a vampire, like, even if she doesn't know who Buffy is. Yeah. Well,
1: like, you guys brought that up too. In well, like she our, doesn't. Our old episode where you guys explained everything to me. It's like, we talked a lot about how, who she is and what she would have been taught. And like, you, you're taught this whole, your whole life that there are vampires, vampires, vampires. You might have never really fought one before. Or maybe mm-hmm. a few, a couple weird demons down hanging out in South America or wherever she's from. Or Africa. Where is she from?
0: Yeah, make we we yeah. We make okay. a point not to say where because that accent is awful in that real It's not. It's poor beyond Yeah, and
1: and and also like her just talking like that, I, it was unfortunate because you're just like, you're expendable. Like it's you you know that that's she's not going to become Kendra the Vampire Slayer and that everything's over. You know some shit's about to go down.
0: Made you a joke and, and it's just, fucking terrible. And that that part unfair. is
1: is terrible. But but I think that her actions do make sense. Where you're like this girl's making out with a fucking vampire. Like, shit has gone wrong over yeah. here. I need to fix this.
0: And she pretty much hands Angel his ass. Like, she, she does. She does a good job, which makes it even more sad that she doesn't get a longer run.
1: I agree. I thought it could have been She's interesting. She's from Jamaica. Jamaica, okay. Hmm.
0: It's never. I don't think it's ever explicitly said, though. Either way. Uh, but, you know, Willie's place. Willie's place, that's where Angel gets locked up. Kendra does her due. Do. Yeah, right. Angel had really a weird
1: important. arc in this episode. I mean, it's a lot of, like... Weird, uh, you know, Buffy's pining and staying in Angel's house, and, uh, you know, they have a whole thing. I mean, we, we open on Angel in Buffy's room. Yes. Holding her, her fucking pig. What's the pig's name? Mr. Gordo. Mr. Which Gordo. I couldn't
0: remember if this was the first time we see him or not. I feel like it is. Cause Definitely that's... the
1: first mention of Mr. Gordo. I don't remember that.
0: So, speaking of a couple of, of firsts, the... Mr. Gordo, I think, might be a first, but I can't 100% confirm that. Uh, the Scooby Gang, Daniel's favorite he, thing.
1: No, yeah, he said it. I was shocked by
0: that. I said for the first time if by what's Xander. If you want to be a member of the Scooby Gang? You get to, you got to be willing to be inconvenienced every now and then. So there you go, Xander de Cordelia, Scooby Gang, first time. First I didn't time we see a Slayer <laughs> in your head, it just went hmm. Slayer Rats. <laughs> the first time we ever seen another Slayer, especially during, yeah, we will, uh, yeah, Slayer's totally, lifetime, totally, which yeah. is pretty great. Willows fear of frogs, which we'll revisit. Uh, I don't know if we do it again multiple times throughout the show but at least one time that. explicitly in uh, I can't remember the name oh, Graduation Day Part 1 I believe she's having a little dream and Oz wakes her up because she's dreaming Man about if it's
1: Graduation Day Part 2 you're gonna look so dumb It might
0: be Part 2 It's when they have sex for the first time either way Oh my god <coughs> yeah.
1: Spoiler alert I'm so
0: Willie's place for the first time also Willie for the first time and Oz says something to Willow for the first time ever Yeah It's wonderful. Pretty great firsts. Yeah, uh, this was like an impromptu, not great time to do this.
1: It wasn't. Do
0: I deconstruct your segues?
1: Buffy is talking to Angel and says that she wants a normal life. And that's the hammer of this entire episode. Normal life, what is normalcy? But Angel, instead of being a fucking normal person, or even like a boyfriend, whatever. Even Buffy's like, he's my boyfriend.
2: Okay, then a regular kid and her cradle robin creature, the night boyfriend.
1: Uh, be a supportive boyfriend and I don't know just like listen and don't make it all about you because what's what does he say? He says "Uh, I wanted a normal life and then he just pouts I mean this is after the first or second pout of the night this is (laughs) pout three I think and he goes before me and she's like no but really yes I wish none of this happened I wish I didn't burn down my school I wish there wasn't a hell mouth I wish I never met you I mean that's
0: Okay. Well, that's Buffy's, when it gets
1: really dark. Because then it's like, I w- in a way, it's like I wish I never went down this road. Yeah. B- but I wouldn't take it back. I don't want to like lose you know Xander and Willow and all my friends. But
0: well, Buffy's in the tailspin. She's like, I just I realized that this is my life forever. Like, yeah. I don't get to be a florist. I don't get to do anything. Oh, nice. This is my life. And or a curator and, like her
1: mom, I mean.
0: supposedly. And you don't have to
2: whisper. Mom's in a late Thursday art buying or something.
1: she's in la for three days we don't have to be quiet yep but like i'm i'm surprised they just didn't like have sex that night or whatever gotta Mm. wait for another episode to do that innocence right that's coming up
0: oh yeah okay um but we instead of instead of angel listening or being comforting in any way he just uses that opportunity to talk about himself yeah the
1: whole thing was really weird
0: so she's flipping out and he's just like oh, this is about me though, right? You can't be normal or have a good time because it's m- me. And then she comforts him. And we never, like... Buffy never has an outlet for any of this shit. No. Like, she doesn't want to burden her friends with it and she doesn't... I don't know. But she doesn't also... She doesn't, also, people, she doesn't
1: burden her friends with it. I mean, like, her and Willow talk about it like it's a soap opera. Like it's a show that they're, like... Indulging each other in. Well, they really keep it lighthearted, and we don't
0: touch on it again actually until way later in the third season when they're talking about colleges they're going to, and she's like, "I'll never go anywhere else." Yeah. And Willow's like, "I have the opportunity to go to literally fucking anywhere because I'm a genius. genius. But I'm going to go to UC Sunnydale because you're my friend."
1: But even Buffy understands the weirdness because doesn't she call Angel a cradle robbing? Uh, in the Night Vampire Boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Cradle
4: Robbing Creature of the Night Boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. Like
1: if I heard that as Angel, I'd just be like, yeah, yikes. I gotta go. I gotta reevaluate my shit.
0: Meanwhile, well, he's like... But, but he like, already That's knows right. that, right? I am a cradle robber. Because
1: we
4: had the um, episode where he calls Xander just a kid, and then Buffy's like, what does that make me? Mm-hmm. Episode
1: two right now. Mm-hmm. This season, yeah. And it gets even worse, because now Buffy's going to his house, we understand where we're going because we've already watched the show before. It just seems so inevitable, but it seems so—you um, know—she could have reversed this at any point or yeah. done uh, different things.
0: Oh, that makes you do the wacky. Oh, Jesus! I mean, they've been dating, I guess, six-ish months. A fish.
1: Dating. It's like right? it's an old man. As
0: much as as much as an old man <laughs> can date a minor, uh, <laughs> um, which is none, by the way. America, which is none. none. No, you've been to his house by yourself. This is the first time. Do you go to sleep in the bed? Like, is that your first move? I feel like I feel like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be like, okay, we're not that close. We don't live together. I haven't been here before, really.
1: Yeah, and it could be like a freaky vampire bed. You don't even know what's going on. Freaky maybe how, how, you don't know how they. Well, sleep. it
0: also kind of looks like maybe he doesn't have any other furniture. Also, more importantly, like she he puts very... her fucking shoes in his bed. I know. Well,
1: if I was her, I would do the same thing. If I was in a weird situation like that,
0: and I just happen to,
1: I have to sleep here. She looked real tired, by the way. She did. She's like, I just need to sleep. I would have, if she covered herself in the covers, then we have problems. But the
0: shoes, shoes on. Don't care.
1: Yeah, totally. I would. Just, she, but
0: she was still kind of under the covers. Like she, she, was, didn't, she didn't go cover under. herself. But she didn't move the blankets back. Mm-hmm. The blankets. She were was back. touching. The blankets were fitted sheets. She was touching fitted sheet with her shoes. Well, you have
1: to. It wasn't no. like it wasn't. No, it wasn't a made bed. It was a bed that was had been opened. So she got into I the know. spot that Angel was in You're, and just kind of curled up. Well, I guess what else you gonna do? He's not the Sleep only on the monster floor? here,
0: Daniel. This is Illuminati. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I mean, I would have stayed off. on the couch.
1: I would have sat on the couch and That's just waited. I to
0: know that he has other furniture. I
1: thought he does because aren't there episodes where they hang out there
0: a couple more times? I think yeah. he has a couch. We transition to the mansion as soon as I think Angelus we only a see. Thing. Yeah, yeah Angels
4: apartment again when they have sex
0: yeah and then it's over yeah i like it's, a part and, it's
4: of it. and they were in the bed again then yeah i mean it looked like it was like a cement room with a bed and a fridge probably <laughs> yeah. full of blood no windows
0: which makes sense because and also it's underground
1: yeah and i think i might maybe complate, conflating some episodes of angel 2 where we kind of see as a, it was like, like a, a nice apartment yeah there's an apartment yeah. there and he has like a fridge full of there's blood mm-hmm. in there and so i yeah. thought well, what am I think, seeing here? What's happening? But yeah, maybe I'm just
0: completely wrong.
1: But no, if I was going to lay in a bed, I would lay exactly how she.
0: Man, be. good to know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Take it's your like, fucking shoes off. But I think that it's more just I want to be ready for when he does show up. And if she took her for shoes what? off, then, well, no, just to be like, I want to talk to you. I have to. I'm here. Like you're gonna wake me up and I'm gonna wake up and then if the shit goes sour, I can just walk out. Or if a fucking other vampire slayer attacks me, I'm ready to fucking go.
0: <laughs> so it weird.
1: turns out you guys are wrong. She was ready to go, ready to kick some ass. So, me and Buffy thinking on the same same wavelength here. So
0: what do we think about the ice skating scene? Which have we brought up that her love of ice skating before this episode? I think we've done the ice capades thing already. Yeah. Because her dad was
4: supposed to visit Nightmares and she said was taking in our ice capades.
3: Okay. Was this part of your normal life?
0: Oh my God. My Dorothy Hamill phase. And that happens again in next year's, or this year's birthday episode. This season's birthday episode, he's supposed to come uh, for a birthday, but it said he sends flowers and That'd tickets be. to the ice but she does not go because chaos ensues with the judge. Anyway.
3: When was the last time you put on your skates?
2: That a couple of hundred demons ago.
3: There's a rink out past Route 17s. Closed on Tuesdays.
2: Tomorrow's Tuesday.
3: I know.
1: I enjoyed her skating around. I liked
0: it. It just seemed like a really random touch. Mm-hmm. I think it was definitely like, hey, we know that Sarah Michelle Gellar can ice skate, kind of. Let's just do that. And it was her, which was yeah, nice. For sure. Was it was like, cool, yeah. okay.
4: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of fun to see another location. But, again, it just throws into the whole continuity of Sunnydale. Like, you have to have, Where like, a fairly large mm-hmm. city, city to have, to have, ice have an game. ice skating rink. And she
0: full-on broke, right? broke, full broke in, right? They broke in.
1: That's another thing. <laughs> Absolutely broke in. Breaking in well, the ring as a date.
4: It's, yeah. it's okay, so this is weird, right? Because it appears to be, it's an ice skating rink that's an ice skating rink and not in the middle of a mall, which mm-hmm. tends to be really popular. Like, oh. the ones that oh, are Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, like, it'll be in the center of the mall, Mm -hmm. like at Lloyd Center or something, where Mm -hmm. you can watch, and Clackamas Town Center used to have it, but they don't anymore.
0: But not like an ice rink prop, or where, like, hockey teams practice, and where you, like, go to.
4: Well, they do practices in the morning and stuff. In the mall, too? Yeah, in the mall. Oh, no kidding. But not, um, but yeah, then for the rest of the day, it's usually just people shopping or whatever. Like
0: See,
1: where I played when I was doing hockey, it it was like that, but it, I mean, here it was, like, only, there were, like, bleachers. Yeah. (laughs) And then an ice skating rink, and, like. A building around it. Yeah. So it this was like so a like dedicated
4: ice skating rink. Right. Yeah. So it's in the middle of the day. It sounded like the way Buffy Is said it. it I,
1: I don't f- think it's. I think they were meeting Angels later, stay, and the, she right? did leave because they were well, all going. to. Weren't
0: they at school in the middle of the day? And the Buffy was like, "I gotta go." It was towards the end of the day. I think. It was. Yeah. It was towards
1: the end of the day, and I can assume that she would probably go. And
0: we're talking about near winter. This other, so the sun probably went down around five ish anyway. In California. Yeah, even that in California. That sounds no. I, don't know. I don't think so. Anyway, well, it's November.
1: The time doesn't match up. I, I also I think it's later. I think that she left basically at the end of the day. "Hey, we're going to hunker in to do some research at night." Right. Yeah, I got to go. Of school day. And that's sort of it. So it's like, I'm leaving at five. But then I'm going to go home, make myself a sandwich, <laughs> hang out, because my mom's not home, watch some TV. Like, all this stuff that you never think of Buffy actually doing. She's probably like, oh, got some time to kill before I go dominate, breaking I don't know. in and entering. I just
4: never thought it was, like, super late at night. And it seems like otherwise, if you had an ice skating rink, you'd want it open, like, after school for people yeah. to come. Amen. That's is what makes it stupid. M. Which and seems early for it to If you're a full-time rink, you got to be and open. And it's definitely closed.
1: Oh, and that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> you know that place, it closed on Tuesdays. Like, again, you're you're operating as if this is like a town that is big enough to operate a
0: full-time, a, a full-time skating, time.
1: skating rink, but then also small enough to have that as a local business where that day they're taking it off. You know, that weird like uh, well, mom and pop store. Sal's got to
0: go because his mom's sick, so we're closing down the ice skating Or rink. that
1: mom and pop store. There's plenty of stores out, even in Portland here, where it's like they're small enough where it's like, okay, our hours are – we work the weekends, but we're off on Monday and Tuesday. Right, yeah. and That's the type of thing where it's like you can't really have bowls. Oh, that's a good point. Especially with a huge rink, though. Yeah. It doesn't really make a lot of so sense. So it could have
0: just been like the day that they take off.
1: Yes, if you want to believe that, that it's like big enough and small enough at the same time not only to have one. Because to operate that, that's expensive. Oh yeah. Because the place where I went to do, there were two. One of them was always a hockey rink. The other was half, sometimes a hockey rink. It would usually be the kids playing hockey and they could just easily take off the, because you don't have to have like real equipment there. You just kind of put up a little goal oh, right, and right. then sort of take it down. Um, but there was two rinks and one of them was always just for people to play on and people to pay and you sort of go on if there's not like a little game going on, yeah. but you are always running either a A team thing or you're running people doing it because it's so expensive
0: i would imagine operating costs just for the like keeping that rink frozen
1: yes and and and, and there's no way
0: clackamas
4: town center in portland it used to have an ice skating rink and they removed it because it was so expensive to keep Mm -hmm. it up and because it was ruining the foundation because i guess having the ice is like a really like maintenance heavy thing thereby securing a place for myself in the geek hall of fame
1: in manassas they have one outside and this is in virginia In Northern Virginia. And so it gets cold enough in the winter, but their operating hours recently because their winters have been so mild over the last, you know, five, 10 years. Global
0: warming. Global
1: warming. You (laughs) just get these nice winters where, you know, to to operate, you know, a 50 degree night and to have an ice skating rink in downtown, you know, Old Town Manassas, they just wouldn't do it. They would only do it when it hit a specific temperature, which makes complete sense for an outdoor rink in the south, tangentially the south. It costs a fuck ton of money to run this stuff and you have that have people paying. And then Buffy Summers just gets to break an inner and skate around and murder somebody. Are they taking that body out? Because if that body is found, I mean, again, you would think there would be a police thing. You would think there would be an investigation. But of course, Sunnydale, none of that happens. <laughs> we never talk about it again.
0: Dispose of it. We have a fun joke in season three about that.
1: Do we ever see the skating rink again after this? No. no. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> sure.
0: So this is everything no. we need to know. Yeah, the uh, didn't that happen in a hockey game? There's like a video of someone accidentally getting their throat slit. It's fucking
3: so yep. scary. Oof. the basket. Oh wow! Oh, watch chuck That's the story right now with our oh, oh Look at that. It looked like one of these uh, Friday the Thirteenth where the blood comes squirting out. He had his hand on his throat, and in one split second, there was a three-foot puddle of blood in front of him. Soon to be five feet.
1: More than hearing, I, I just remember the looks and the horror in
3: people's faces and their eyes. Their eyes were big as saucers. Clint Malarchuk's anterior carotid artery had been accidentally severed by Steve Tuttle's skate. Players watched in horror as blood spurted from the Sabre goalie's wound. When I started banging on the glass and tried to get the doctors out on the ice, someone to get on the ice because I feared the worst that he wasn't going to be with us for very long. The Sabres training staff raced onto the ice to reach Malarchuk before time ran out. It was horrendous. It was like watching your kid die.
1: Yeah. So she could totally do Kill that to him. Yeah. yeah. I mean it That would take a lot. She really didn't... Well, she wasn't
4: wearing hockey (laughs) skates. She was wearing... Figure skating skates. Figure skating skates, which aren't sharp like that. Yeah, and you also wouldn't
1: think that she would have even sharpened them to the degree that they would have been sharpened. Like
4: They get sharpened, but not like... Hockey skates. Hockey skates.
1: Yeah, but also if she hadn't used them, and they those are hers, we assume. Yeah. She's not like stealing. I mean, she did... I mean, those were definitely not
4: rental brown. (laughs) Right,
1: so she... Does she just sharpen them on the side? Because they lose it at all if they just sit Dang. in the closet. So it's like you're not gonna.
0: Did Angel skate? Did I block that out? Never skate. No, him. I no. think he was just wearing
4: shoes.
1: He never intended to skate. He was trying to. This
4: is Did how you much even I support imagine it? him skating. That's why I was like, like yeah. that. scene in angel when he dances, and you're like, that's um, weird.
1: Yeah, please don't do that. I
4: don't. It's know like seeing luck. a teacher outside of school watching a cat walk on its hind legs.
0: Don't you live there? At school. <sighs> Buffy. You scared me. Now you know what it feels like, stealth guy. So the Order of Taraka, we are oh, yeah. told, is this really powerful group of assassins that are unending and unyielding. They'll come at you, yeah. and they're specialized, and they won't stop until they, they reach their goal. Buffy dispatches leather-clad bozo at the ice rink with no problem. She takes him down like any other demon she would take down. And then only becomes afraid of them when Giles puts the fucking fear of God, well, a combo of Angel and Giles. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand why they immediately, I get it because by reputation they're supposed to be really scary, but obviously she already killed one, no problem. Yeah. Like, So making her stress to the point of she's suspicious of literally everything and everyone walking through the halls of school. Well, it's, yeah. it didn't
4: seem like to me that it wasn't that she couldn't kill one of them, but that she can't kill all of them because mm-hmm. they never end. And so when that's the problem is like eventually one of them will get you because
1: with all the shit we also deal with, these people are never ending. Yeah, you know, it's going to be like and who knows if coming they coming and at the same keep time. coming
4: and keep coming, and you'll never know when another attack is
0: happening. Like something else could already have you on the ropes, and here comes and then here comes assassin comes 800. number eight hundred on yeah. the bus just riding in for from. <laughs> and wherever. so like the Report best thing means- to do when this like order is
4: coming after you is to just ghost. But, so they can't find you.
1: While that's completely true, I think when, you know, Giles is like, oh, I feel bad. And Xander's like, yeah, you fucking instilled the fear of God into her. Yeah. Like, she ran away. Completely legit as well. It's yeah. like, you can you can impress upon Buffy the importance of this I order mean, he, without doing what he you were doing. He should
4: definitely underline, like, this is not the end of it. But he didn't need to and
1: it's, scare her like And that. it's like having these two episodes back to back, too. Like, where you're watching The Dark Age and then you go right to this. Like, Giles is coming unhinged like it's not just like a a day-to-day thing this guy is losing his mind a bit he doubled down it
0: feels like he was like oh shit you saw this really bad side of me and now i'm just gonna be this crazy enforcer you do what i say did anyone ever tell you
2: you're kind of a fuddy daddy
3: nobody ever seems to tell me anything else
2: did anyone ever tell you you're kind of a sexy fuddy daddy
3: no actually that that part usually gets left out I can't imagine
1: why. Well, I like it because it, it almost reinforces that Jenny's not talking to him still. Yeah. And, like, he's still, like, really so stressed weird. out about it. And we are, as an audience, like, is Jenny going to be in this episode and we don't see it? So then we're like, uh, and then he's like, shut up.
3: You know, <laughs> when he tells, <laughs> yeah. like,
1: Willow to shut up the first time, it's funny.
3: Willow, do shut up.
1: Because it's just like, you're talking too much, Willow. It was great. It was a fun moment. There was no real tension that, you know, him, that, her, him saying it before it didn't really matter. But this one was like. There is business to be done, okay. Xander. Thank you for the quips, but we're done. And when he said that, I was pretty shocked. I was like, oh, man, that's that's not the Giles that we know. So things are Compassionate serious.
0: Giles. Compassionate Giles. Yeah. What does Xander say? He's making a joke about the mail or something? Something dumb. He just made a lot of jokes.
1: He just said literally his entire role sitting there in that chair was just a crackhead joke after everything everyone said. It's true. That's all he did this episode, actually, was just tell jokes. That's great. It was like <laughs> He's been Sandra-ish. pretty
0: silent in the last two episodes, which is nice. But also, nice. Willow has a little bit, too, which is less nice.
1: Well, Willow had enough in, in the Dark Age to propel
0: That's true.
1: the plot forward. Because Xander, again, was telling jokes, and she had to break down and be like, shut up, both of you. I'm taking jokes. Stop fighting. Stop joking. We got to do this for our friends. Yes. Yes.
2: Ah. Uh, aha. It's not Egyptian, it's Etruscan, mistaken for Egyptian by the design pattern. But any fool can see it predates their iconology.
0: So the other thing that happens in this episode is that Spike's desperately searching for like a codex thing to decipher the book that he had stolen in, I believe, Schoolhard, to cure Drusilla again from some mysterious thing that doesn't make sense that should affect vampires in the first place. But here we are. She I got thought a bunch that of was the book that it.
4: was um, stolen by that guy in Lie to Me. Right. The blonde, yeah, the blonde yeah, the blonde vampire. Yeah, to... From the previous
0: episode, oh, you right, yeah, wow. never mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Nice. So, from linebacker.
3: Clutch, from that's one, right. From <laughs> one, two episodes ago. Yes. There you go. No worries. We're close to decoding the manuscript. We just need a bit more time.
0: Time is Alice. It brings the Slayer closer to them. We're going to talk about cryptography, which is the study of codes and ciphers which are the things that you use to read codes, right? Cyphers? See, I didn't even look up enough. Any. Here we go. It's the use of codes and cyphers to protect secrets. It began thousands of years ago. Prior to the last hundred years or so, the methods of encryption of all pen and paper were simple mechanical aids. The early 20th century brought the inventions of complex mechanical and electromechanical machines, such as the Enigma rotor machine. Electronic computing has allowed elaborate schemes of even greater complexity. Cryptanalysis is the breaking of codes and ciphers and has, unsurprisingly, been around just as long. So we have cryptography, which is making the codes so that you can pass messages with your friends, and then cryptanalysis is breaking the codes so that people can know what you're saying that aren't supposed to know. Like Alan Turing. There you go, like Alan Turing. Cryptanalysis, specifically frequency analysis, which is something we'll get into in a second, uh, allowed the reading of encrypted telegrams which was something that the U.S. was able... Some Zimmerman did something? The, the Zimmerman Zimmer telegram? The yeah, that was decrypted that through... That in World War One. Yeah, cryptanalysis allowed us mm-hmm. to enter the World War, apparently because of the Zimmerman no, telegram the, or something, whatever.
1: Germany was wanted to get Mexico to start a war with America to draw their forces ah. there. And then there would be a good, you know, sort of... We would uh, ally, basically, Mexico and... So gotcha. Well,
0: Cisco's since we like, were oh, able no. <laughs> to <laughs> decipher this Zimmerman telegram, that didn't happen, which is good. And in World War II, uh, the use of cryptanalysis supposedly shortened the war, the war by like two years approximately somehow because they were able to decipher privileged encrypted communications. So well, there's also that's good.
1: They, they were already. Uh, decrypting U-boats in World War One, but they also didn't want the Germans to know. So it became one of those weird cat-and-mouse ones where you knew that they were going to be there, but you almost needed them to do something because you didn't want to show that you knew that they were there, so you oh. then show up right when they're about to do something or you don't know exactly what they're going to do, but you know they'll be there. So, yeah, I think, like, the early age, you know, from basically between those two wars, there hasn't really been... I'm sure there's a lot of stuff now with the Internet and everything oh, right, like yeah. that, but... Back then, you didn't want to overplay your hand because you wanted to do it, and you wanted to be strategic about how you deployed that information instead of just you know, crushing one U-boat, but then now all the U-boats know that you know the code, right. so they change it, and then you have to start from scratch. So
0: Yeah, things are completely different than they were mm-hmm. uh, 100-ish years ago. Well, they were
1: using those just radio signals. So they were, mm-hmm. they were using the British wavelengths because they would surface, and then... There's nothing there but the British, 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 and it'll go over to Germany, you know, just the way radio waves go. So, yeah, now we rely on satellites, and you don't ever have to hit mainland. You know, if there was a U-boat war today, Germany would pop up and go right for the satellite, and it would Mm. never go. So you gotta break that satellite and do all that crazy shit, which is nuts in and of itself.
0: Now it's all coding and computers. It's not so much...
1: But also, like radio waves are so simple, it's so crazy that you can break that and like have these codecs yeah. and stuff. Like, that is fascinating just with the elementalness of that technology. And then it feels so vast with like in space. You're just like, how do you even, like, where do you even start? Because mm-hmm. how? How do you even grab that signal to start? I don't know. It's Science, nuts.
0: man. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that. We're not talking right? about we're that. We're talking about some medieval stuff. <laughs> Clay tablets. <laughs>
1: like clay tablets.
0: Clay tablets dating back to 1500 BCE was found with an encrypted recipe for pottery glaze that <laughs> probably would have been valuable.
1: Encrypted. <laughs> Can you imagine if Pottery Barn like, encrypted their like well, sales and stuff it, like hey. that? I mean, I guess we kind of do. You got to like sign up for shit. That's an encryption level. Yeah. You got to type in this email address with an ad and a .com at the end that they recognize. You're decrypting right there, and it gets your deal on your
0: twenty <laughs> percent off butter. Twenty percent off your one Hebrew scholars started making use of monoalphabetic substitution ciphers around five hundred to six hundred BCE. Um, so, monoalphabetic substitution ciphers are pretty much what they sound like, in that you take like the letter A, for instance, and in your cipher, it's letter K. Yeah. Or whatever. So everything you write is going to be a jumble of that. It's kind of like making up your own leg as you're a little kid. It's just a like simple substitution is what that is. The Spartan military would use a skittily, which is a piece of wood that you would wrap a thin strip of paper around to reveal the message. So you would take this really thin, like width-wise, uh, piece of paper and write your character's vertically on it, and when you wrapped it around this one piece of wood that was made specifically for it, it would reveal the message horizontally.
1: This uh, There was like a codex thing. Did you guys ever watch or read uh, Da Vinci Code? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they had that kind of thing, thing where mm-hmm. you couldn't break it because it would destroy the message and you have to like yeah. do all that stuff.
0: Oh, this fine. is a much more simplified yeah. version Simple. Of yeah, that. Yeah. Same kind of thing. We're
1: moving through history, I get it.
0: The invention of the... Also, it's not real. So... <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so... The invention of the frequency... Frequency analysis technique for breaking monoalphabetic substitution ciphers by Arab mathematician al Kindi around 800 CE proved to be the single most significant cryptanalic advancement until World War II. So that means that he was like, oh, hey, when you see these letters together, you can kind of figure out that's the word they meant because you can see the pattern of it. Frequency analysis, right? Homophonic substitution ciphers used by the Duke of Mantua in the 1400s where a single letter is replaced by multiple symbols was a lot harder to crack because that's some other shit. How would you, the three symbols, Well, I guess if you, you know, everything can be broken. That's why as long as there have been cryptologists, there have been cryptanalysis. Ciphers remained vulnerable until polyalphabetical ciphers were developed in which multiple cipher alphabets were used. So they would write these giant tables with multiple alphabets at the same time to use, but even that could be, decipher it at some point because everything can be broken so they've been using that kind of secret message system for a long time codes and ciphers what's up nothing
2: well you don't have a nothing face you have
0: a something face let's get back into buffy oh Oh my god i forgot what we were doing i was lost in ciphers and codes oh my gosh did anybody learn anything from this episode do you feel like a better new person did you grow or change
1: I would answer you, but it, you couldn't break the
0: cryptograph. That's fair. Did you learn anything, Stacia? Did you grow or change? I learned
4: two things. Um, one, codes can always be broken. Hey. And mm. two, that two don't make out on ice skating rinks. Yeah. Ooh, dangerous.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Everyone's going to see you, or just the one person you don't want to see you. Don't yeah. break in the ice. Don't do it. Just don't do it. That's true. Ice I skating don't bring rinks ice are for skating ice skating not for
0: making <laughs> Not out. Not for making Not out. for kissing. I learned that you should always assume there's a secret way to answer a test that is ultimately more revealing about you as a person. This is the entire plot of the movie Debs, which I love. Uh, door-to-door salespeople are most likely assassins. Oh, yeah. And it's probable that someone left a door or window unlocked, so make sure before you commit your next B&E that you check the doors and windows so you don't have to damage anybody's property. There you go.
1: Always good advice. Break and enter
0: responsibly. Okay, are you ready? Really fast. We're going to yell stuff at each other. Ready? 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 Daniel, go.
1: You're not going to be young forever, but I'll always be stupid. Xander Harris.
0: How did you know? I lurk. Right. Oh, God. Oh, God. 314 in the background of a wall in the cafeteria. 314's going to matter in season four. Go.
1: Oh, jeez. Xander, spot on, says Cordelia Chase, always willing to give a helping hand to the rich and the pretty.
4: Principal Snyder being right on with his um, Hmm. sentence, whatever comes out of your mouth is a meaningless waste. An airborne toxic event.
0: To Xander. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Oh, the uh, not as good Giles vampire. His name is Dalton. He's gonna matter. Not really. He'll be he'll be around. Okay. Is murder always a crime? Yes. Stay sure.
4: Is it Slade or Slough?
0: Both. <laughs> <laughs> How many kids go to the Sunnyvale High that Xander needs to flip to the second page of an alphabetical list wherein H is the top of his section of the list and his name is Harris? Do I like shrubs?
1: That's between you and your god. (laughs) I came down on the side of shrubs. Yay, go shrubs.
4: Yay! I have frog fear.
1: Buffy brings up the whole nine yards, so I looked it up. The origins are unknown. We don't actually know. Yale University librarian Fred Shapiro. It's the most prominent etymological riddle of our time. This is for you to solve, Kelly. I love etymology. Uh, The phrase was introduced into the national audience with Elaine Shepard's 1967 Vietnam novel called The Doom Pussy. Oh. I think most people... Think that it most commonly refers to uh, World War Two aircraft machine gun belts were nine yards long. Oh. So when you're given it the full nine yards, you're well, given it all you got essentially. You know everything, but yeah. So. I
4: always just assumed it was a football thing. I
1: thought it was a golf thing. Like when yeah. when she first said it, I was like, oh, that's a nine, but nine holes. Right. I never even thought about it. The
0: machine gun belt thing is probably it. yeah,
1: because nine yards doesn't really make a lot of sense. No. It's like get to the one yard line to then have the next play.
0: So fail. Fail. But every
1: time I hear yards, I think the same thing. I was like, oh, it's got to be a football thing. No. No. I am Kendra, the vampire slayer.
0: <laughs> Willow's wearing a flower print coat and a choker. Her fashion is relevant today. She didn't even know.
1: She didn't even know. Re-relevant.
0: Nope. Yeah, re-relevant.
1: Note to self, religion, freaky.
0: Oh, what the fuck was... Ho- Buffy's crouch move to get to the end of the... Ra- she just, like, made herself fall over for no reason before she popped up and Angel was there. In the ice rink, do you remember that? She was like, went down to a crouch position yeah. and then just kind of fell over.
1: Oz well, just, like, really ran up on Buffy. Like, let's just... He was going to hit her. Yeah. He was going to run right into her. And then I like him at the end. It's like, that's an intense person.
4: Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, but again,
1: the, what are you doing, Ross?
0: The like, older, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, teacher running through the hallway with that... Switchblade comb, like whew, aggressively oh, through his hair. Was that it. necessary? Was that I necessary? All
1: <laughs> I got scared when like the person opened up the door and it sounded like a gunshot. I was like,
0: "Oh no!" Yeah. And then
1: I realized what was happening. But man, everyone was staring her down.
0: Oh, Lush, beautiful skincare and cosmetics. Lush is really a beauty company now. I wonder if they oh, were a no. thing then too, and just evolved into this thing. Right? No, probably not. Do you know? No one even. I don't know. Okay.
1: Nuts. Uh, Xander brings up locker room talk. So oh yeah, that was. Uh, that Well, I actually just watched the thing about how pervasive, you know, that is on, you know, it's just like a stereotypical, um, you know, TV trope where you have like the Jack Donaghees of the world and the Big Bang Theory people. And Mm -hmm. it's like you just normalize this behavior. Xander would definitely be one of those characters that's just kind of like going with that flow and totally wouldn't question.
0: Or stop. Or or stop or
1: anything like that. So, yeah, it's
0: true. Oh, Angel's weak as fuck. How can he not get out of that cage at Willie's place? Oh, my God. In yeah, light of me, it took, like, four vampires to break down a solid steel bunker door. That's right. And he's like, oh, this is chicken wire cage. It <laughs> yeah. also
1: felt like he wasn't even starting to try until the sun was, like, on him. Because that second shot we saw, he never even, like, really tried. Then the next time we come to him, <laughs> sun's almost there. And then he's like, yeah, I'll try it. Ah, oh, it's not working. Cool.
0: <laughs> I'm done. Me too. Nice. All right. Let's rank this soccer. Willow hacks. Slash, we talked about the net. Five out of ten. Because computers are seen but not used. So you know. Were they? Never used? Nope. See them but not used.
1: Willow is asleep on a computer. But also, Willow. do we do, Does it not get an extra point for Willow? That's true. She was using the computer. <laughs> I probably have to rethink this. And then also, she was like, um, the elite computer industry wants Willow.
0: That's true. That's like. But she doesn't do any hacking.
1: I understand that your math is already set, and it's you're true. not allowed to change. Unwavering. But it is adding, you know, maybe one or two points. So,
0: Joyce, five out of ten. Absentee parent is absentee. She gets a five. She's
1: in L.A. with a potential buyer. So. Doing
0: that L.A. thing.
1: She is like banging all the te- all the bills. That's what she's doing. <laughs> That's right. In L.A.
0: Dreaming so. about bills. Dreaming about bills. Don't worry about it. I was dreaming about bills. Big Bad Slash Monster of the Week, 7 out of 10. Order of Taraka, the idea of, you know, endless amount of unyielding specialized assassins. is cool, but all we get is a big guy with a leather vest and some glimpses of Fister. But we don't actually see him be a worm guy. So. Yeah,
1: I liked him, though. He That's was...
0: his name? Yeah. Randall Fister? Randy Fister. Oh, no, <laughs> I hope it's not Fister. Randy Fister. <laughs> what is his name? That's someone else. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, sir. Fistal reporting for duty. Please assume the position.
0: <laughs> Randy Pfister.
1: I did like the maggots or whatever, like crawling into Yeah, us. I mean, the arm thing was rough. But that's fine. But it, we it's don't a cheap on,
0: like. We don't get the whole scope of it until the next one. So I feel like it doesn't quite come I out.
1: literally have no idea what's going to come. I'm so excited.
0: I mean, he turns into bugs.
1: Why are you spoiling my life? <laughs> Norman
0: Pfister. <laughs>
1: Nice. Norman, that's worse somehow. <laughs> somehow. Randalls and Normans. Oh, His brother's name is Randall.
0: Mister Fister, if you're. Mister Fister, that's if my you're brother's name. Oh my god! Relationship goodness or badness. Everyone researches to help Buffy. Angel and Buffy get to go on a date, and Oz and Willow meet. So that one's pretty high. I didn't actually. But
1: Angel and Buffy go on a date should be a ding.
0: Eight a ten, I believe. Yeah, yeah, eight a ten.
1: It'd be a ding for me. Really? Any interaction between the two? Yes. Oh, that's fair. Is... I mean,
0: like really, their relationship is a toxic hot mess. But if you're Buffy, I oh, feel like this plus. is a boon for her. You
1: know? So all we do is just see through their eyes. We don't critically engage with how gross Angel is. Yeah, I mean, I guess honestly, I guess that would ruin everything. Yeah, I'd just be like a one <laughs> all the time. Like, not They're still the together. Yeah. One. <laughs> he has not started his spinoff show. One.
0: One. Uh, Giles level of Giles. Eight of ten. Three piece suits. Polka dot tie researching through the night these are all took off his glasses I think
1: a couple times exasperated eye rubbing love it
0: episode specific holy shit there's another slayer 10 of 10 nice because you can't not give that a 10 so that gives it a total of 44 which puts it at 3 of 9 for the season right above when she was bad at number 4 and right below Halloween at number 2 nice
1: yeah not bad not
0: bad for me at least what about you Daniel where are you going to put this one
1: uh Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be ranking this this week. That's right. Because uh, we, I rank, uh, I'm out of 137. This is one of those ones that's a two-parter. It's 2 for so I've been spoiled. I don't actually know what happens in the next episode. Really, I don't know. Kendra dies.
0: No, she does not. Okay, so I don't know what happens <laughs> in the next
1: episode. So, it's all up for grabs. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Station, sure where you put it for the season?
4: I don't know I'm wavering. I oh, don't know. I'm putting out 11 out of 21. So overall. Beneath the Dark Ages. Whoa! Or the
3: Dark age.
0: Below the Dark Age and above Lie to Me. Well, that's why you should listen to us next week for What's My yeah. Line Part 2. Part 2. Which is a more exciting, better episode than this one. But until then, we're a real podcast, and you can follow us at Beat Me Pod on Twitter, at Beat Me Pod on Tumblr, probably on Instagram too. We totally. also have a website, which is beatmepod.wordpress.com. Uh, we have a Spotify playlist if you're into that, which will cover all the music that's used in every episode through the season of the show, as well as every, a song from every band that we mentioned during our little news segment with our robots. You can find that on Spotify, beatme-playlist-podcast, playlist-podcast. What is it?
3: <laughs>
0: beat uh, Me A-List playlist
3: for po- podcast fun times. Listeners. Oh yeah, there we
0: go. <laughs> beat Me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans, season two. Uh, and
1: it's a, a <laughs> shocker why no one is 100%. subscribed to it.
0: Or <laughs> right. right.
1: Do we go back to the bronze at some point? It's been a long time, it feels like, Ooh, since we've we done a bronze minute. music. Because like, we're going to do a lot of music from 97, but like, Chippamata was the last think,
0: yeah.
1: like band we've put on from the show.
0: Bring back the mm. bronze.
1: Bring back the bronze.
0: We'll see you next week. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, say goodbye.
1: Sayonara.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.
3: Bye. I wanna see the Constitution burn. Wanna watch the White House overturn. Wanna witness some blue blood bleed red. Wanna turn and leave the KKK. Wanna pull and shoot the NRA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's murder, it's
0: Chewing on. It's definitely not something you're supposed oh, to be chewing on.
1: Uh, what? Oh, it's
4: from this one sounds... of the mic stands.
1: Oh, yeah, it fell by my feet. <laughs> I couldn't reach it. Man. Good call, guys. She looks
0: really disappointed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this thing got fucked up. I found that all by myself. That
3: was funny. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be room, too. Oh, no, it was here. That's right. Nice. Boom.